Hi. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Synchronicity Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Megan. And we are super excited. We're kind of revamped the podcast. So if you're an OG, thanks for sticking in there. If you're new, welcome to the wild ride. It's fun though. It is. It's great. We pretty much talk about all sorts of things from wounds to what is currently happening in the world. We talk about a lot of things. It's kind of a random podcast made by two people that have heavy Gemini in their charts. So just buckle up and um, enjoy the ride. If you hate it, see you later. If you love it, like, subscribe, stay tuned because we've got a lot coming at you. Absolutely. We are really excited for our guest today. Ryan, we met him a few years ago in Lehigh, Utah, and he's also known as the Stretch Wizard. He's like a body shaman, and he's one of the most um, amazing humans I've ever met. He's someone that lights up a room, and you never forget him when you meet him, even if you only meet him one time. But he is someone who inspired my journey and was one of the very early on humans that mentioned psychedelics um, because of my own personal blocks and things that he picked up while um, doing body work, physical therapy on me while I was up in Utah in my yoga teacher training with some of um, the most amazing other humans. If you ever have the opportunity to go to Lehigh, Utah, we absolutely recommend that you look up Ryan and Brick Canvas and just the entire community that is up there in regards to yoga and um, movement. It's pretty profound. So without further ado, I can't wait to jump into this podcast with Ryan, but here it is. My journey, I guess... I'm, I'm realizing a lot of things, um, over this last couple months, my awakening happened about seven years ago after my dad died. Um, he died at 60 from a heart condition. I was 40 at the time. And it really, um, it, it, it hit me in a place of gosh, okay. He's, he was 60, I'm 40. What do I have 20 more years left on this earth? Um, and I hadn't been living to my full potential. Um, I was putting a lot of the, the societal thing, you know, the marriage and the kids and the work, the job and the success was through the things I was doing in that aspect. But I was, um, I was struggling. I was hurting inside. Um, I realized that I was living from a place of fight or flight for probably 40 years of my life. Um, there was, and not to throw my parents under the bus, they did the best they could. I, I've dealt with that, but there was a, abuse and, um, and a lot of anger and I was just scared and I didn't realize um how much it was affecting me on my day-to-day decisions. I was, I would run from these type of situations, um, be getting vulnerable with somebody else and opening up. Um, I, a friend of mine introduced me to microdosing at that time after my dad died. Um, and he just shared some information with me and then helped me with, and I, it, 
felt true in my heart. And, and I, um, he started a protocol for me. So I did a three days on four days off for like a year. And I switched between microdosing LSD and psilocybin. And for the first time in my life, I started to actually <laughs> hear what was going on up here. Mm. So much of it was these old programs um, that you're not good enough. Um, you don't fit in. I, I kind of have played that black sheep of the family role for my whole life. Um, and I never felt like I, I've always, I've always felt like I'm interested in the truth. I'm interested in realness and living in Utah, it seems like, and I don't know what it's like in a lot of other places, but it seems like people are very, they speak to you and it's like they put on a front and it, and I always could kind of see through that. I grew up in the predominant religion here that never felt true to me. I left that early on when I was young, there was a lot of, I'm just, you know, my, 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 my talk on Thursday is breaking patterns. And so I'm going to be sharing a lot on, on, on that. And I'll share that with you, but the microdosing really helped me start seeing it opened my heart and it helped me start seeing my thoughts, like really observing and seeing my thoughts. Um, and then I was blessed with two grams of mushrooms, four grams of mushrooms from a shaman. And he told me part of my work through this year was to, to incorporate those um, medicines with my family. And so I had four grams and, and, the, the plan was me and my wife, we're going to eat two grams each and, um, and then just hang out with the kids. So I talked to her about it and we set the plan and the kids were in the living room. My daughter, I've got two daughters now. Then my, my daughter was almost one years old. And um, I gave the mushrooms to my wife and I ate them. She pretended like she ate them. I thought she ate them, but she pretended like she ate them. <laughs> Um, and so we're hanging out on the couch and we're kind of just hanging with the kids and, and, you know, that feeling when it starts to kind of come on and, and you're just, you're, I feel like a little kid, like everything's brighter and, and my heart's open and I'm, I'm get excited and adventurous. And I, I look over at my wife and I'm, I mouth to her. I'm like, did you, are you, are you feeling it? And she's like, she's like she yawns. She's like, oh, and I'm all, what? <laughs> I'm all, come here. So we, I take her in the hall and I said, and she pulls out the mushrooms out of her pocket. And she's like, yeah, honey, I just, I'm too tired. And, um, I completely understood because she, she had with our one-year-old, she had an emergency C-section and she wasn't with newborns and stuff. You're not sleeping a lot. She had to recover herself. And so, it was, um, I understood and something came to me in that moment and said, if you had one, if she had, I, and this is what I told her, if you had one wish, what would it be? And she said to me, um, a full night's sleep. And I said, done. And she's all, what? And I said, I'll take care of everything. I got it. Go to bed. Let me tuck you in. 
And she's all, well, what about Anaya? What about the boys? And I said, I got this. And, um, and she's like, and part of it was her trusting me because I didn't have a lot of stock and trust with her up to that point. I had been um, not truthful with her with some of my addictive tendencies that I had been, that I was my coping mechanisms to the trauma and stuff that I'd been dealing with my whole life. I was trying to break some of those patterns. So she didn't have a lot of trust in me. So um, that was a little bit of a hard sell, but I just told her, I, you know, trust me, I got this. So I tucked her into bed. Um, I fed my one-year-old a bottle, put her to bed, came downstairs. And at the time I had a table, my, my, I was working out of my kitchen, my, my body work. And um, I sat down with the boys and they were playing some video games and, and, and I said to them, you know, let's hang out, let's, let's do something. And my boys, I married into them. So building that relationship with, with two young men or boys at the time um, has been, has been incredible, but it, it's been challenging um, to build that trust. And a lot of it started with the trust I didn't even have in myself so they could feel that on an energetic level. And so I sat down with them they're playing video games. And I said, I say to them, you know, what, what should we do? And it's nighttime. And typically um, with those medicines, I want to be outside. I want to be in nature. I want to be on a hike, but it's nighttime. Um, so I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I sat back for a second and they were kind of not, they weren't tuned in and connected to me yet. And I sat down and I let my intuition come to me. And my intuition was like, put on, some like, cause it was like, should we watch a movie? Should we, you know, what should we do? And my intuition was like, put on some light music. So I dim the lights and I put on some light music. And then something, my intuition spoke with me again, my higher self, God said, it would be tragic if you were to die tomorrow and your boys never really got to feel you to feel your heart to feel your hands so i'm like cool so i i, I grab one of them and they're like confused they don't know what's going on i'm super emotional i'm super open they have no idea what's going on and i grab one of them and i say get on my table let me work on you and the other one kind of pretended like he was sleeping closed his eyes but he was peaking. He wanted to see what I was going to be doing. And I did a full body work session, um, energy work. And then at the end of that session with him, it was about an hour. Spirit was speaking through me and I was blessing him. And I was in a way that the whole session kind of was, if I died tomorrow, what, what do I want them to know? What do I want them to feel? And I started blessing him with his strengths and his, um, my vision and some wisdom for the future. And he was crying and I was crying and it was beautiful. And, and then he, he falls asleep. So I pick him up and I carry him to his bed. And he was uh, 12 or something at the time. And then the other one's pretending like he's asleep and he's 
he can feel it too. He's where I can feel he's tapped into me, uh, my higher self. And so, and then I grabbed the older one and I bring him on the table and I did similar work, but it was all kind of customized to his spirit and his energy and was blessing him at the end. And then I get done and he's crying and I'm crying and I, I take him to bed and I'm like, holy shit, I am super dad right now. This is incredible to feel, to be living from a place of just heart openness and attention to detail and feeling that, feeling that those higher vibes and frequencies. And then I put the kids to bed. I check on my wife and she's still asleep. My daughter wakes up um, right then. I go in and I change her diaper. I feed her a bottle. She goes back to bed and I'm like, holy shit, this is, this is so cool. There's something to this. And um, and then I'm like, I started thinking about my world. I'm like, who am I leaving out? And it was in the last soul in the, in the house was my dog. So I came downstairs and I was loving on her. And it, it, animals are interesting because they, they pick up that vibe. They, it's like my dog, she knows. And, um, and, I, and I talked to her and I, I asked for forgiveness for times I haven't been attended with her, with her or um, not present and conscious with her um it was beautiful and then i went upstairs and i wanted to take a shower so and my wife was sleeping we have a full-size mirror in our bedroom and i take my clothes off and i'm standing in front of the mirror and i'm looking at myself and all of a sudden i started to hear all those tapes about how i've thought about myself my whole life of the not good enough, ugly, fat, unlovable, all these different things that were, and I was like, it was like a hammer that hit me on the head and all of a sudden a flash of every single thing that I've done to, the majority of it was what I've done to myself. And, some, and spirit said, you've been your own worst enemy, Ryan. And this, flood of tears like I wasn't crying crying but this flood of tears this emotional release just soaked my entire body I've never released like that ever in my life and soaked my whole body and but then something came in and said now what do you want to be who do you want to be how do you want to be how do you want to look what do you want to do because I had been Going through the motions, like I, in my practice, I've been practicing body work and, and stuff for over 20 years. And I portrayed, you know, for the, for a, most of the majority of my career, I portrayed a certain image because that's what the uh, fake it till you make it. But deep down inside, I had all these things that I was running from and things I wasn't, I hadn't dealt with or looked at or pushed away. And um, so I decided in that moment, you know, I'm the architect of my, of my life. I can create whatever I want to do. And, um, and, and it just took off from there. So that big, I needed that little bit bigger dose to kind of hear some of those things. Um, and my wife wakes up and I'm standing in the mirror naked, <laughs> tears all over my body. 
and that's where and she's such a she has been my ride or die she is she is such a strong woman and all i needed to do is be vulnerable with her and so i took her downstairs and we talked till 4 a.m and i just shared the whole experience with her and how i how i felt about myself and what i wanted the changes i wanted to make and the husband i wanted to be and the father i wanted to be and um it was i mean it was life-changing it was so beautiful and and from that moment on i just started to i was just like this empty i felt like an empty glass of i of self-discovery and i it was like the wim hof you know i found out about his, his story and how cold exposure can help with depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and I realized I'm like, I have been living with depression and anxiety my whole entire life. I just didn't know that's what it was. And um, so I started making little changes. I started doing cold soaks. We There's a river up the mountains really close to us. And I would just jump in and, and, and then I started taking people with me. I'm like, wow, it's just really helping. And so I started finding mentors and, and from afar, people that, we're doing difficult things and masculine thing, taking my power back. And, um, and here I am now, you know, five years, six years later, and I get to, you know, I've, I've learned over the, over this last six years that the best way I can help and teach other people is by shining my light, by healing my shit. And that's what I've done. And that's what I continue to do. And I'm passionate about it. And I'm passionate to the point of I angry at what the what society is and has been, the lies, the deception, um, the disempowerment, and society, religion, all of it. I, I'm angry. I look, you know, I sit here today and I look at my family. And everyone is struggling. Everyone is lost. Um, my external family, my like my mom and and brothers and sister and aunts and uncles and stuff like that. Um, and and it's, it's a helpless feeling. But I know that the only thing I can change is myself and my internal environment, like what I have here in my house. So um, my kids get to be little science experiments. I, it's really cool because the information that I'm getting, it's, it's on a higher plane and a higher frequency. And I have to remember that not everyone's at that plane yet. Everyone hasn't, and I need to breathe and slow down and, and, um, and let people see, just see my light and not try not to preach and tell people what to do or so that's kind of a little bit of my story of kind of where I got to where I'm at now. Well, and it's, uh, it's so important to be vulnerable, but your story inspire will inspire the person behind you. You know, you, like we were saying earlier, you probably didn't even know here I am coming from Colorado to be a part of a yoga teacher training. I, you know, drove 12 hours. I have a little bit of a tweak in my neck and I get your name and here I end up on your table 
you know, and you change the trajectory of my life from one simple session. And it's so important because it was that moment of just, had you not actually been honest and vulnerable to say what you did say to me, I wouldn't be where I am today, but you had no idea that you were changing my life in that moment. Mm -hmm. You were just like, oh, you have a tweak neck and a sore hamstring. Let me help you. But it was that next level of you being so in tuned and willing to say what you needed to say in those moments that changed an outcome of someone's life. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. I, when I put my hands in my, my practice has really shifted over the last, you know, four years, the pandemic and, and things, it used to be very structurally oriented, physical therapy oriented. People come in, you got a, you got a problem. I'm the guy to fix it. Um, ego driven, uh, which is okay. Um, but I've really stepped out of the way of, of a lot of that. And, you know, when they shut down things in Utah, my intuition, I, I meditated and prayed on it. My intuition told me, Hey, cause I'm like, ethically, should I still be putting my hands on people? Should like, is this how, is this dangerous for me? Is it, am I bringing things home to my family? Um, and I, that every answer I got back was Ryan, people need you now more than ever. And I, I, it just, I just started to shift who I was and how I was treating people um, on my table, in my space, in my environment. And my clientele started to shift. My clientele shifted from, you know, a lot of athletes and things, things of that nature, physical therapy type stuff to cancer patients um, suicidal people, uh, clients, um, divorce, abuse, all the things that I've been through, all the things that I've struggled with. It was the universe was sending me those people. And, and that's when I really started to understand that how powerful my experience is because I, I have, I have those experiences. I know I can see it now in people. I can feel it you know and especially with the with the youth that come in to see me it's like uh and and boys young men i see i feel and i'm like oh i i feel that i used to be you i used to be that and um and so man when i get somebody on my table now i just want to i step out of the way you know they tell me the things that they that's going on and and i just step out of the way and and try and be a vessel for whatever spirit needs me or need they need. Um, and it's beautiful. So. You know, it, and I only met you once, just like Nicole, but I, I remember when I met you, it's like, you know, the body work you do, it's more like a body shaman or something. I was just thinking that, you know, when, when I went in to, you know, have work done by, first of all, like Brandy and everybody was like, you have to see Ryan, you have to see Ryan. It was like a thing on my agenda to, to go and get body work done. Um, and you're such a, and you may not realize this, you are such a powerful presence and you were even then you're someone that you meet once and you'll always remember, but what has changed is I feel like your voice is finally catching up with the energy that you present in a room. Cause even you were in a yoga class that I was in even later that week and I knew you were there, like your energy, um, 
is always present wherever you walk into a room, but I love to see that your voice is catching up with that because, uh, you know, I do, I do see the struggle in young men, you know, this, the suicide rate in young men is 60% after COVID, which is just insane. So there's not good, um, from what I've seen, good male leadership in our world and the feminine and masculine is struggling because of that. And that's true. Masculine, in my opinion, is like you walk in a room and you feel the grounded energy, but it's not in your face. Like, Oh my gosh, I'm here. It's just this presence. Um, but for the, the voice and the vulnerability to catch up with that is, is just, um, it's beautiful to watch people's evolution. Cause I haven't seen you in like two and a half years. So just to like, um, yeah, I'm very grateful for that because, and I hope you end up doing more podcasts and stuff even after ours, because it's so important. There's a lot of bullshit people in this world, even in the spiritual community, um, you know, and, and you're not one of them. And you know that just from your energy and just like who you are and how you present things. So I'm super grateful uh, that you're here and that you're going to really start speaking because I also knew that there was some shyness um, a couple of years ago that I don't feel in your field anymore, which is just really Thank beautiful. You. Thank really you. Beautiful. Yeah, I felt that too. Like I've been blocked. My throat chakra has been blocked. It, my chakras have been not aligned very well. I've root was really messed up for a long time working on that still um and heart was hurting and um but i'm finding that and spirit has told me you're ready and i'm like i don't know if i'm ready <laughs> and you're ready you're ready and i'm like okay um and that's why that's why i'm really i'm grateful to, that you guys have, uh, both invited me on to to speak because I need to, I'm not going to be great by doing, by not practicing. I need to practice and, and I'll get better. So. Well, in um, just showing up today, you know, like you had said earlier, it, you're going through some personal stuff and you, that, that chatter probably said, well, you know, Ryan can stay in bed or Ryan can find an excuse, but just leading with the fact of I am here and I am raw and life is happening right now, but I'm still going to show up is a huge part of, I think, society's lack. We're always making an excuse or we're always in our own way, right? Like you're truly showing up authentically and saying like, it's hard to be here right now because I have got some personal stuff going on, but I'm here and I'm yeah. showing up. Well, yeah. And thank you. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, I get this, my, my aunt shows up and I'm like, she doesn't just show up. There's something going on. And, um, and I, I knew it, my intuition already told me there was something going on. And as soon as she told me, you know, it was, it was really emotional just to see her, you know, this is my dad's sister and, um, and then my dad's brother. And they were a huge part of, of my youth, like our family trips. We didn't have a lot of money, but our family trips were always road trips back to Canada to see the family. And, I love them to death. There's a lot of dysfunction, alcoholism and, and drug addiction. And, um, but my uncles and my aunt, they were like my idols. My uncle that he's terminal right now, he's got a tumor on his, on his neck that cuts off his breathing and it's in his heart. And, um, and it's like, you want to help him. He was my, he was my idol. He played professional hockey. He, 
they they opened their their homes they gave us they just they loved us and took care of us and that those attributes have have stuck with me because the you know my dad always said leave people better than you found them or leave wherever you're at better and I that has always stuck with me um through everything and yeah when when I saw my aunt the first thing that popped in my head after we, I took everybody out to dinner and I'm in a place right now, you know, financially where I can do that. And it's really cool to be able to give back and, and to be kind of the leader and, and the eldest grandchild in the family. And, and um, the first thing I thought was, oh, I have an excuse now not to, to get out of this talk that I've been <laughs> not, not, I wasn't thinking about the podcast. I was just thinking the talk because the right. talk really stressing me out. And I'm like, I have an excuse now. So I, the guy that um, that's holding conscious X, that's the name of the event that I'm doing right. He's a perform mental performance, performance coach. And for the, I've known about this talk coming up for the last eight weeks. And you don't even know how much, how much, how many times I've thought about calling him and just telling him, Hey man, I'm not into it. And it's like all this old programming that you think that you've worked through, it's still there. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be that person anymore that tells people I'm going to do something and not do it you know, we lead by example and we do what we say and, and we're authentic and, um, and then, and then checking it, you know, checking in and going, is this something that is going to serve me or serve other people? Or is this something that I just don't, you know, cause I'm about realness, hard no's or heck, hell yeses. <laughs> and, um, so when I told him, he gave, you know, I, I reached out to him and told him what was going on. He's like, Oh, you know, I understand if you, if you don't feel like you can be there. And, and I, cause I told him, I said, I'm going to be flying out as soon as I can to spend some time with him. And, uh, and I said, you know what, right at this, I told him in this moment, my higher self is speaking from a place of I'm okay to do this. And I have, this will be a great opportunity for me to share some of these experiences and share where I'm at and show and be authentic and be vulnerable. Um, cause a lot of the, 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 tapes that were playing when he asked me because I listened to a lot of podcasts I listened to I mean that's the great thing about about my job and my my career is is I've got 90 minutes two hours with somebody on the table where I can get them in a theta brain state and then uh plug information that that truths um experiences philosophy and um yeah so I, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm grateful. It's going to be cool. It's going to be, you know, the tapes that come in are like, well, you'll never be an Aubrey Marcus or you'll never be, you know, a great speaker and, and you don't know, you're not the smartest person and all these different things. And I'm like, you know, what? I, I don't need to be what everybody else is. I'll just be me. And people can feel your authenticity and in the realness and, so I'll just share what I know, share how I feel. But I also say, Ryan, your energy speaks for itself. Look at how calm Nicole and I's energy is. If you listen to our other podcasts, Nicole and I are very energetic and very um, in our masculine. Even right now, both of us have dropped into our feminine and we're very passive. So we're also, I'm very attentively listening to everything you say. And I'm not usually like that. I have a very short attention span. So let me just say like, trust your energy. People naturally listen to you. Like you naturally drop people into a theta state. You've had so much practice with it and that will go directly into your speaking. So 
you know, everything you're saying and everything, it'll come from spirit. But the bigger thing is, is that you're passing codes and information with your energy. Like I can even feel it right now. And like, that's, what's important. It's your presence in a room that's changing and elevating the consciousness. And so you just being there is your gift and what is meant to be said will come. And like, you're a very, very powerful energy and just know that and ground into it. And like, it's going to be, I think you're actually going to be so shocked at how well it goes. Like I have a super good feeling about it because you're just a natural, like people are like, I'm really interested in this human. Like, what is it about him? Because even people that don't understand energy are, there's going to be something that like, they did like fix them of like, there's something different about you. So we often forget like how important it is just our presence in something that changes and shifts everything. And like, don't underestimate that. Cause like I said, I met you once. I've met a lot of people. I will never forget you. And I think that you're going to see that as you speak more and more. And as you just like present in the conscious community, like, oh, Ryan, like, cause grounded masculine is that it shows up and it's like, it's automatically this frequency of just like, why I could trust this man with my life. And you don't understand how important that is to the world today. Like don't underestimate the power of that because there's very few people that their field I naturally trust. I don't. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I feel so chaotic right now because I feel people so deeply in my soul. One of my gifts and also like one of the things that's really difficult for me about being around people. Like you regulate my nervous system just like, and we're not even in the same room, we're on a Zoom call. So think about if, you know, what you're going to be able to do with just your presence at a talk. So it just... I'm excited. I hope it's recorded. I want to watch I know, it. I'm like, how do we go? Well, and I'm, I'm sitting here like, you know, I, Megan, Megan has the gift of, you know, she's very intuitive energetically. I'm, I'm very inter- intuitive, but I'm also a connector and I'm like, wow, like who can I connect Ryan with? Because I am so much about what you have to say. Like, I'm like, he's one of the next leaders for the next generation. Yes, like we have our Aubrey Marcuses and our Joe Rogans and our Sean models and blah, blah, blah. But they're not in, they sit on this like almost a warped world because of where they come from. You come from, not saying that they didn't, but you come from that grunt base hardship of growing into what does Ryan want to be, right? And that story to me is more authentic and more people are more captivated by that rawness. They inspire to be the Aubrey Marcuses and that, but it's your story that touches people because it comes from something so deep and you've done the work and you're still doing it because I've heard you say like the work is not done. You keep doing it every day. You, every time you have someone new on your table or every, you know, new athlete you touch or kid that comes in, there's something that you're also healing within yourself. And that's a part of very much so, right. It's a part of humanity and where we're going. You're a part of the future leaders of this next generation, because the generations that are coming need so much help. Like they're so broken, um, but doing the true work and stepping in and being authentic is what is going to help heal the mass consciousness and being in that wholeheartedly is 
it takes a lot to step in and be like, I'm here, I'm doing this instead of cowarding away because our society has taught a lot of men to just be cowards that someone else will do it or someone else will show up. Um, and you've stepped in pretty much and like, Hey, I'll take, you know, I'll take one for the team and I will share my voice and my story. 100%. It's, it's, and what you said about when I put my hands on people on my table, I, I'll get done, I'll have this amazing experience and they're crying and I'm crying and I've got angels speaking through me and my, my ancestors and my guides and I can feel it. And, and they're thanking me and I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for being, because it's healing me. It, it heals me when I, when I help people. That's my, that's my Dharma. That's why I'm here on the earth. I've, I've known that for a long, long time. And I'm really just wanting to step into that hundred percent fully. Um, I have a question for you. Yeah. Have you always been in tune with your higher self or was it a progression of things or did something outside of, you know, the two grams of mushrooms prior to that, when did you really start understanding the difference between your ego and your higher self? Mm, good question. I think over the last, since the two grams, um, and, and then I listened to a lot of Ram Dass, Alan mm -hmm. Watts, Terrence McKenna, some of these um, consciousness, spiritual leaders. And I think that they've helped me to understand myself better. Um, so I'm still working through that, but I, it's been a process for sure. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of, um, they're they they make, um, ego this horrible thing right now, like yeah. ego, kill the ego. Right. And yeah. Megan, and I don't believe in killing the ego. I, we believe in coexisting with the ego, understanding what ego state you're currently in. And then there's this higher power of self of, you know, what is being channeled because I do believe that everyone is a vessel in some shape or form here to transmute messages or whatever, but it has to come from that true authentic higher self where you have that ego, that ego state. And we've all, we've all been there where we're talking from ego and ego is running the show and we're, you know, it's, it's, uh, it can, uh, in very badly, very quickly, if we're not in that, um, higher self-awareness, but, um, what would you say your favorite spiritual leader Well, favorite, but like most, um, most inspirational who has changed your life the most out of ancient or past wisdom that has been carried down Ram, Ram Dass mm -hmm. yeah um and and then you're right like the ego it, it's like for me what I've started to realize I always check into my higher self to see where I'm coming from because the ego is a strong force and sometimes people need a little bit of that um, no bullshit wake up call mm -hmm. and call them out on their shit mm -hmm. and the truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the ego is, is like this, this fire and it's not, a, it's not about putting out the fire. It's about understanding how to use that fire. And it's the light and the dark. I used to run from the dark. It's like, no, I got, um, over December was a really powerful month for me. I was getting all these 
like ghosts of Christmas past, repressed memory, Mm. uh, behaviors, actions that I, I thought that I, I thought they weren't there anymore and things were coming back and keep and haunting me at night. And that's when I started to realize the, the story, the Christmas Carol story. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm experiencing this live. And, and it's like, Ryan, just because you're on the spiritual path now, doesn't mean that you don't have old karma. You need, might need to clean up or look at or forgive yourself for. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I realized was if we don't clean up that old karma, it affects the present and mm-hmm. the present moment is how we manifest the future. And if your present moment is scrambled and it's not a, you know, the rabbit ears on the TV, if you don't have that right, the right angle to get the, to get the frequency, um, you know, your it affect it can affect that the present moment, and and um, so yeah, I'm I'm really diving into the dark and try and allowing myself to to feel it and experience it, and not run away from it, and not um, and running away from it is can be attachments, food, drugs, alcohol, uh, porn, um, can be a lot of different things and being able to sit with it and not run away from it is huge. Um, but I always try and come from a place of love, you know, like what am I about to say to this person or how I'm going to react? Is it from a place of love or fear? or judgment. Um, so yeah, it's just a process that I don't think it ever ends and I'm grateful for it. Absolutely. I just want to be, I want to be better. I want to be, there's, you know, I'm willing to take the arrows. I'm willing to put everyone on my back and, and lead the way. I, you know, I'm, I know the code that you speak of, is it's coming through me and I, it's coming so fast, this great awakening that we're having this raising consciousness, collective consciousness, it's coming through me really, really fast and hard. And I don't really understand it. I just have to go trust the process. You it's, it's recoding you, it's preparing you. And I'm starting to really understand myself and my purpose on the earth because over the last six months it's been i mean it's it's been tough am i doing the right things and you hear there's so much information out there and am i making the right choices am i so i i um yeah I, i realize the responsibility that i have i'm ready for it and it's a beautiful feeling to feel like I'm starting to understand myself because I'm like, Oh, I'm pretty cool. Like <laughs> I went through these, I went through these things for a reason and, and the reason is now. And um, so, yeah. Well, I have another, I have another question. Yeah. Um, I like questions because you know you work in body work you're you come from a pt background you you 
if anybody's ever in Utah, you need to go see Ryan because Absolutely. I have never met anybody and I've had come as a former athlete, I have never had anybody work on me the way Ryan. He's got like these decompressive leg sleeves and there's like something twitching on my shoulder and there's, you know, we've got the supple leopard podcast playing and then like Ryan's in the corner banging on a drum and like there's all <laughs> there's all these things it's, happening but it's like magical yeah it it's like it's like this like you've never experienced anything like shamanic like I don't even know yeah it, it's so different and then he's like hey here's some herbs like have a couple drops of this and we're gonna like pull your big toe yeah. um but with all of you know all of this Megan and I come from this very um yoga background especially hot yoga and having worked in the the world you work in Ryan and working in your own journey of, you know, peeling these layers of what I call an onion, where would you say that movement comes into all of this and the body? Uh, we can do all this soul work, right? We're, we're looking at all of our trauma, we're peeling these layers, but what would you say in regards to movement of the body? Um, where do you see that fitting into the puzzle? It's foundational. It's what we're meant to do. Yeah. Um, you know, society is, we've become caged animals living in boxes and indoors and uh, feeding off of um, kibble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, movement is, it's foundational. I've always, I've always viewed the body in shapes. These shapes, um, these shapes tell a story of durability or not, longevity or not, um, stability at the joint, um, connective tissue standpoint or not. Um, but over the last two years, I've started to look at patterns in movement, patterns in how we, because we have patterns in how we think, um, how we act, um, how we rest, how we move. And it's all important. It's, it's, um, you can be working on the spiritual stuff, but if you're not working on, you know, you, you need a balance of all of it, really. And, and that's where, I get super excited about, um, you know, I, I went to a certification in New Orleans. It's called GOTA. Um, and they, it blew me away. I was re completely ready for it. Um, I, since then, I've kind of created my own thing. They sold the company and, and kind of were going a different direction. So a lot of people kind of broke off from, from that to, to pursue what they thought feel is a higher, a higher version of that, but it's, um, it's everything. It's so important. Um, and I've completely absorbed myself in it. Um, and, and now it's like, you know, my, your, the people around you will start to intimidate or, um, copy what you do. Like, it's so cool to, one of my big things is as soon as I get home from work, I work half days. I'm in a place in my career where I can work half days and 
we homeschool our two girls. Our girls are six and two. And so I get home, I'm the PE teacher. And the first thing we do when I get home, I'm usually fasted because I've been working and I, I work better that way if I'm on kind of more keto, you know, high quality fats and electrolytes and things like that. Um, but when I get home, it's uh, it, first thing, it's food. So I, I get some steaks going for the girls, grass fed, grass finished healthy fat. We cook in, um, cast iron with tallow and, and then it's like outside, everything is outside. And I've really, over the last year, I've really, I feel like I've become, and this is just a term I've put on myself, but I feel like I've become a savage to mother, mother earth. Like I just, I can't wait to get outside. I can't wait to get my feet, bare feet on the ground. I can't wait to take some clothes off and get some sunlight all over my body. And so it's outside, we eat together. And then it's um, some different things that I do to reset the hips, a lot of groundwork and crawling and um, movement patterns that we see in infants, in babies, in toddlers. And, and then because of our environment, we lose those pat those healthy patterns that create longevity and durability in the body. Um, so I, I just get out there with the girls and, and we're doing it and whatever. I, I don't even have to tell them they, they, I'm like, you're like your kid's God. So, I mean, and especially if you have that relationship and love and trust there, it, you, it's just really, it's really neat, but yeah, it's, it's foundational movement is foundational. And I used to think it was, and I love hot yoga. And I've been doing hot yoga for over 10 years and it changed my life. I healed in those rooms. Um, you know, that's where I would go when, after my dad died and I just, I would just go in there and sometimes I would do some postures. Sometimes I just lay there on the mat and to be able to have the high caliber instruction, the, the instructors there and the safety there, the safe feeling there to be vulnerable was huge. And it up until that point where I started doing a lot of hot yoga, I was lifting weights, crossed it. I was working on, I like to think of it as I was working on the leaves and the branches of my tree, but not the roots of my tree. Yoga start to, started to help me find some of those roots and changed my life completely. I still go. It, it became at one point, and I think that's the problem with dogmas, is, is um, it started to, I became really bendy and flexible, but I wasn't putting in enough of uh, well-rounded of other types of strength. Um, and so it became my kryptonite in a way. And I think everything becomes like all my football players, they need more hot yoga. All they're doing is lifting and playing video games or whatever they do. And um, so it's, it's about finding what's best for you and, and, and being open to anything and everything. And, you know, my life, my life flows best when I kind of just get out of the way and, and let things fall into place for me. Um, but yeah, movement is foundational. How we move, how we rest is foundational. Um, you look at some, you look at um, indigenous tribes, how do they rest? They rest on the ground. 
Um, so a lot of, and how I've used, how I've brought that into my practice is by trying to teach and lead. Um, it's like anybody can get on my table and I can fix them. But what, what if I teach you how to fix yourself? Like, then you don't ever need me because I don't want people to need me. Um, the money comes and goes. People are like, well, you, you don't you want clients for life? Well, yeah, I mean, but the money comes and goes and I, I just want to touch people's lives. And, and that's a, something that movement and strength is something that's super important. And I think a lot of people are missing that. They're on the spiritual journey and I'm like, oh, but have you been to hot yoga? <laughs> Let's go. And, and rather tell them what to do. You know, because a lot of times I'm like, I can preach it or I can just be like, just trust me, you're paying me top dollar. Just come with me. And then I bring them and I buy their pass and, and, and let, you know, give them, give them a, some of my foundation of, of what's helped me. So you let the yoga, you let the yoga guide the way. Yes. Let the yoga guide the way. <laughs> Beautiful. That's well, I mean, yes. Yoga was the beginning of my spiritual awakening on the mat. I mean, that was my, it's one of the reasons I think I'm still here, you know, because I think so many of us that are, you know, you want to call them light work or whatever healers, we went through so much stuff as children and whatever that, um, you know, I know that yoga was one of my modalities of like, oh my gosh, I finally feel at peace. It was one of the only times in my life I ever found peace. And it was like in the heat and in the like you're struggling and I was at peace I remember it was the only thing I would look forward to every day is like and I don't do it every day anymore but at one point in my life I needed it every day but it's also what woke me up to there's so much more than this there's so much more than this body and this space and this time and like I also love that you say you know, I don't want them to need me. Nicole and I say that all the time. I'm like, I'm not doing my job if you need me forever. I want you to take what you learned from me and go give it to somebody else. Please. Yeah, yeah. That's how please. we heal. <laughs> I don't own this and I don't want you. Please don't need me. Tell me I have learned what I need to learn and now I'm ready for a new mentor. Like that's when I know I've touched your life and you come back and you say, look at all these people that I've been able to touch or just how I've dealt with something or shown up in something. Like, I think that's a big change in the way that people work is I don't want lifetime clients. I want lifetime, you know, um, camaraderie or just like we're doing something and we're on the same trajectory and I gave you what you needed at the time. And, and then you got to go and grow from it. It's not this need, like, mm. you know, therapists and everything, they have this need, like I've yeah. had a client for 15 years. I'm like, then you're not doing your job. <laughs> Someone's been with me for 15 years. I'm like, I owe you all your money back because I broke you. Like, like, or I didn't break you, but I didn't help you. You shouldn't be paying me. Like, that's such a, so I loved that you said that because it's, um, it's so true. You know, yoga teachers, you know, as yoga teachers, it's always like, that was something when I first started teaching, it was like, man, I would say something 50 different times in what I thought was 10 different languages, but that one, but that person didn't get it until they were ready. And man, when they got it, they didn't need me to tell them that anymore. And I was like, yes, I've done my job. Like yes. I finally got you to see what I'm seeing and, but you feel it. And that's the difference. But it was that, oh, well, and then I'd never have to coach them on it again. That was always that moment. And that's what I've taken from yoga teaching, like into our, what we do is it's like, I'll tell somebody 15 different times, do it this way, do it this way, do it. And then they get it. And then it's like, now it's the next level. 
Yeah. You're moving, you're moving on from needing me. Um, you know, and then they go meet Brandy or you know, whatever. Yeah. The, the different the, the yoga teachers that'll forever be a challenge, at least for me. But yeah, same. um yeah, they're yeah, they, go go see Ryan and take a class from Brandy Lynn and your life will one hundred percent guarantee change. <laughs> yep. Hundred percent. Best way. There's I'm so that. proud of you. That's amazing. No, I mean it, but it's it's you know what I love is meeting people, and we're all you know when we're on the same spiritual journey because you start hearing similar things of like I don't want them to need me. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're one of us. That was, <laughs> you know, the, again, there's so much darkness in light, and darkness has its space. But I just you know over and over again in the community, and I don't even like calling it the spiritual community because it's not about being spiritual, it's about being conscious. Like I wanna be a consciousness, like one with the consciousness, not spiritualism. It's like, cause that has such a, I think spiritualism is still in like a box. It's like religion is a box and then spiritualism, yeah. and then you get into consciousness and you realize we're limitless. And you know, that you know the difference between the spiritual people and you're like, oh, you're still on your way. And then you get into conscious people and it's like, we haven't figured it out, but we know that like, there's a lot out there and we're just like on this journey together. And, you know, there's nothing new in the universe and I don't own anything. And I just want people to realize that there's so much more and that we don't have to suffer. Pain is, a, you know, non-negotiable, but we don't have to suffer. And like that's so life-changing and you know there's the majority of the population has not woken up to that yet and thinks that we're all woo-woo crazies and um yeah but i love just kale eating yogis <laughs> but you're <laughs> but you do keto and you fast and you're yeah like it's literally all the same things that you know we believe in and we do and um i wanted to ask you as a father because you have you know you're you're a plus dad with having sons so you've gotten to see them but then you've also had daughters what's the biggest difference that you see with raising sons even though that they were older and raising daughters I think because of my experience growing up I you see the world your my world is what I experienced right. growing up and it's always been really easy for me to connect with my girls mm -hmm. there's there's been a block with the boys okay and I think it was my experience with my father Got it. that kind of blocked me from because it, the conversations with my dad it wasn't about the heart it was did you see the game mm -hmm. and um so I it's been the the masculine energy has been, I've had a strong feminine energy. And so it's been really easy to bond with my girls and they're just mm -hmm. little angels. And just so they're so wild, but I'm like, not, I'm trying to step out of the way and not tame them. Yeah. Two-year-olds, wild Viking, crazy <laughs> slaps her six-year-old sister, makes her cry. And I'm like, and I, my six-year-old's Anaya, the younger one's Ivy, and I'm like, Anaya, you've been in jujitsu for two years. Block and evade, block and evade. <laughs> How are you letting your two-year-old sister make you cry? Um, but um, yeah, that that ex it's been an amazing experience. It, raising the boys, it's the boys I'd never had. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's healing me. Mm -hmm. You know, I had um over the last six years, like early on to 
you know, after the, the year of microdosing and I still microdose today, not as much. I don't need it as much. Um, I like to use it situationally as a tool. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we're going to the lake together. I want to be a little kid. Um, I want to tap in on my heart open. Um, but I had an experience with my younger son and he was, he's there. My boys are teenagers. They're 16 and 17 now, uh, or 16, 18. Now I've known them since I've been raising them since I was, they were eight and nine. And, um, an experience with my younger son, he's just a, you know, we go through stuff and, um, he's being a turd and he was, it was a night that I had to be up at real early for work. It was a big day, you know, big, big bodied athletes and, and those type of days can take it out of me. So I was in bed asleep. I wake up to my wife, um, Anna going, going ballistic. She's, uh, she's from Somalia and, um, refugee came to United States when she was young. So she's got kind of this African, no bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, and she, I wake up to her freaking out on him and he had, he was, when I woke up, he was disrespecting his mom Mm -hmm. and I was upset that I was woke up. I was upset the way he was treating his mom. And I came in to throw him through the sheetrock and I put my hands on him. And as soon as I put my hands on him, I felt, I felt myself when my dad put his hands on me Mm. and I stopped what I was doing and I left the room and I went, it was like 2am and I went for a walk and, and I came back and, um, I told him, you know, I apologized to him, but he wasn't re- able to receive it because I scared him. And his brother was hiding under the blanket in his bed. They share the same room. And um, it wasn't until a few months later. Um, so I'm, I'm unlearning patterns that in how I was treated and how I was raised. I'm, I'm, so I'm getting some lessons through them. And it was a few months later, we were on a camping trip with uh, a cousin, my brother and his wife and, and the boys. And it was late at night and they were in their tent and I came in to the tent. I, I felt I was at the fire with the adults and I came into the tent. I felt like I needed to, to speak and share with them. And I came into the tent and I talked to Malik and I, I told him, I said, um, I am so sorry for putting my hands on you. I will never do that, that again. I know how that feels because my dad was like that with me and that's not an excuse, but I want you to know that I can see that and I'm, I'm working through that and I'll never do that again. And then I apologized to his brother for having to see and feel that for me as well. And that was so healing. He was crying. They were both crying. I'm crying. And it was like me just owning up to my shit. Cause like my experience growing up, it was never, nothing was ever owned up to. It was like, you're the child we're the adults it's just a different generation it's just a different consciousness and i get to break those patterns raising boys now it's just it's cool um but it's 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 part of my work because you want them to be better than you you want them to not have to struggle and go through the things that you that i went through and um 
and the girls are are just easy you know and i see that they're upset about something it's just i just hug on them just hug on them and love on them and and um so it's 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 a lot different it's a lot different but you know it's it's coming into the moment or the or the relationship from a place of love and bringing in the masculine and the feminine and sharing your being vulnerable that's one thing that's really helped with them is just being real um over this last summer i had an emergency appendectomy my appendix almost burst and i was in the hospital memorial weekend which was which was tough because there were no surgeons i don't have insurance either i don't we don't we don't go to the doctor everything's all natural at home Same. figure it out not and for an appendectomy though yeah for, for that so that yeah so i went i went down i i um was in bed i'll i won't tell you the whole thing but i was in bed and my wife came to bed and I didn't eat dinner that night and something didn't feel right. I thought I just ate something and, and I'm moaning and kind of crying and my wife's trying to sleep. And finally it just got louder and louder and louder and this stabbing. And I'd never, and I'm like, I knew intuitively I knew I'm like, it's my appendix. I just like my body. I'm so connected to my body. I just know. Yeah. And my wife finally wakes up and goes, what is your problem? And I said, I don't know. Something's not right. And she started, you know, looking up things and she's like, yeah, it's your appendix. I said, yeah, I thought so. So we went to the, went to the hospital, no surgeons on duty. It's Memorial weekend. This is a Friday night. And so I was in a hospital bed on a drip of Dilaudid for like 14 hours. And that was the only thing that would, yeah take away the pain that I could just sleep because I wasn't sleeping and I need I knew I needed sleep to go into this surgery they finally got a surgeon to come in and um, they took it out and then sent me home with you know eight lore tabs and I don't take pain medicine and for me it's like CBD cannabis Mm -hmm. take aspirin or Advil yeah (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and so Saturday was really rough. Um, nothing was helping with the pain. I was, I was withdrawing from the, the medication in the hospital and I was having nightmares. It was really cool though, the experience, because, because it was Memorial weekend, there were documentaries on world, world war II, And so I had those on and I was so raw that I actually was experiencing what these men went through in some of these wars and it was so it was really emotional weekend but then you know saturday sunday still in a lot of pain i wake up at like 3 a.m monday morning with a nightmare that this and i think it was from the medication with a nightmare that this um darkness was trying to take my family and was trying to take me and it was scared the shit out of me and i woke everyone up and i brought them downstairs and I told everyone I was crying and I said, I'm withdrawing from this medication. Um, I couldn't get out of bed. Um, that's how, so I, as a man, as a father, I felt like I was worthless because a lot of, a lot of being a man is, is being able to do stuff, <laughs> take care of things and handle it, you know, and 
handle all the things that nobody else wants to do. And, um, and so I was, you know, what's really helped with, uh, the boys is just being vulnerable, letting them see me. Like my parents hid a lot of stuff from us. They didn't, we didn't see that. I never heard, I never saw my dad cry ever. I, I heard him when his dad died, my grandpa, I heard him cry in his room, but I, he never showed me that. And when I, that was just, yeah, just being vulnerable, showing my boys that, Hey, you're, you can be a man and you can cry and you can be emotional and raw and real. And, um, but yeah, I think raising boys, it's, there's been a block for me. It's been hard. It's been a hard thing for me. It's been, it's been lessons because of my experience. Um, and I just, I love the feminine energy. I just love, I love women and girls and I love my girls. They're so, they're so rad. They're so strong. Yeah, well, that the the anima, the male soul. There's a reason it's like daddy's little girl or you know, mommy's little boy. It's our souls reflected in a human. So it's so natural when you know for a man to have daughters and them to like have because it's their soul. You know, your anima it speaks to that. And you know, for a woman to have you know a son and it's like everything that she's not right. It's yeah. it's that masculine and there's such a beauty. It's a well, and you know, I'm not a mother, but I just kind of feel into that. And it's like, wow, I like I get to see what my soul looks like in a human and help it have what I didn't um, and help, you know, give it the tools and the love and the grace and everything that we didn't and becoming like conscious parenting is I so look forward to that. And I'm so grateful that actually Nicole and I say this all the time that we haven't had kids yet because you know, so many of our friends have, and there was a part of me at one point that was just so like, Oh my God, I need to have kids. And now I'm like, well, I'm so grateful that I haven't yeah, because I get to practice conscious parenting when I have them of like, you know, especially for women, the womb space and what goes on when we are pregnant and like the things that, you know, with our, our parents didn't even think about, um, you know, if they did, they were, it wasn't to the degree that we're aware of now. Um, so I love to hear just like, yeah, the challenge of sons. And I actually personally think from the parents and like our mentor, Dr. Pat, it's far harder to raise sons, mm-hmm. um, you know, to build that self-confidence and that grounded energy that is the masculine, you know, girls, you get to hug them and kiss them and just cherish them and love them. But to build a man, a loving man that knows when to be vulnerable, that knows like when to stand up, but knows also when to show his emotions it's far harder, uh, in her opinion and in mine, I would agree with that to be a man, especially in today's world, um, you know, to, to have all the facets and capacity. Cause in a woman, it's a lot more accepted to have masculine qualities and feminine than it is for a man to embody both. So, you know, the conscious masculine that's starting to come in, uh, you know, I can't wait to see where that goes because it's just such a, it's such an interesting playing field right now because you're seeing extremes on both sides of like people are like they need to be like this and they need to be like that and I'm like no it's actually like an in-between of you know being able in that flow state of like when to step into my grounded masculine and be strong and when to step into that feminine anima and hold space there's a reason men write the most beautiful love songs and poetry and everything I mean a man that's tapped into his feminine there's nothing more seductive or beautiful or um 
you know, loving than that. So there's such a, there's so much value in both sides of that. But I, again, I really do believe that raising sons is far, far more of a challenge. Um, and to watch, you know, and, and you saying that it's like you, you pretty much validated what Dr. Pat and I, and Nicole both believe it's like, you know, to raise men in a space of like the challenge of it, but then also like the vulnerability of it and all of it. It's, um, it's a wild world. It really, it is really wild. is. And well, and you, you say, you know, you work with athletes, male, male, okay. yeah, male athletes. I mean, you probably, you see it every day, even outside of your sons, you know, what can I most likely, how can I inspire them to be men, you yeah. know, and show up and, you know, giving them even in like a father energy of, you know, how do I guide them or show them what I didn't have and yeah. hope that they don't, you know, go through something that I, I went through. Yeah. Oh, wait, I have a really good question because <laughs> I, this just came up last night. I was, um, I'm actually friends with an Olympic wrestler here at the training center and we were talking and he keeps getting hurt on the left side of his body. And I said, that's a feminine wound. You're so rigid that you're all in this because he's an MMA fighter and a wrestler. So he's like, you know, go fight. Like he's in this mentality. And then I'm stepping in and like this feminine, I'm like, the left side of your body keeps getting hurt because you don't have flow state. You're so like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do it. I'm going to win. I'm going to get gold medal. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what about flow state? What about love? Like, where is that introduced to this? And he grew up, um, in Egypt, so foreign country, and you know, it's just a very different mentality there. And it's fascinating because I told him that, and he was like, No way, I don't know, it's like, what is that? And I'm like, Feminine energy is a thing, dude. So I'm curious. My question is, do you you also believe that it's like when you're getting hurt, or there's some kind of energy, um, you know, it's it's the imbalance of energy, first of all, but then secondly, it's telling you like okay where was that negative thought that came in that then the body responded to in weakness and things like that because german new medicine um you know yoga all of those things you see even in me like my wounds are mainly in like my right hip um you know things like that and it's my father wound um and i notice it every time i'm in yoga and it's when that triggers i'll even start crying and stuff like that so i'm just curious your thoughts feelings or even you'd have far more experience than I could even dream of in that yeah and I think it's all valid I think okay. it's all important and it's all valid for yeah. sure and I notice things like that um yeah I think yeah. it's real. absolutely yeah I don't understand it all completely right, right. But, I don't either yeah but I notice that with myself you know mm -hmm. I've had injuries and both sides of my body and mm -hmm. I just anytime I'm looking at something from a physical body standpoint I always check into um, those type of things you know what's going on what am I repressing or what am I not vocalizing or um, and then I try to if it's a if it's you know my my female side my feminine side it, it's mom stuff. Do I need to look at something? Maybe I need to give her a call. Maybe I need to check in. Um, or it's something, you know, I'll play some, um, I'll bring in some feminine qualities to kind of try and keep on and balance that, whether it's, you know, uh, um, by, by, by an Arnold, by our 
binaural beats or frequencies or music or um, can, I'll connect to my daughters or my wife. So I try and see things from that, that light and dark, that masculine feminine, yeah. um, and then incorporate or, or just be open to, you know, what spirit may want to send me or yeah. So yeah, I completely, I, I, I vibe on that for sure. Yeah. Uh, and he again it's just it's fascinating i'm like why do you keep getting her on the left side of your body? Uh, and he couldn't he couldn't actually respond to me because he's not a, he's definitely not on the playing field of like spiritual or anything like awake but doesn't know it kind of a state um because you, know, you could see it kind of like t- like it kind of jerked him but he was like no like it just happens in sports and i'm like yeah no i i realized that but what was your thought process right before you got hurt because I'm not a, a I'm not a major athlete, but I do know this. I used to run all the time. And the last time I was running was during COVID. And I had just gotten in a fight with the guy I was dating at the time. And all of the demons came back in my head, right? Like it's because you're not beautiful enough or skinny enough or blah, 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 right? The chatter. And I was running and I was running faster and faster and faster. And then it was like the thoughts were getting faster and faster and faster. And then I misstepped third degree sprain on my left ankle, like fell did a roll somersault <laughs> laying on the ground and then lo and behold this huge muscular dude shows up he's like whoa i just saw that like are you okay <laughs> i was like i tried to get up and my ankle was like a freaking you so know baseball on each side yeah. and i was like oh my gosh literally energy passes straight into the body of just like so much negative thought to where it physically manifested in an instant and wounded my feminine the left side of my body just gave out and it was like wow because you have no self-love there's no grace there's no like just let like if you're angry I think but it passes through you but when you hit that mindset so for me that was a big moment of like oh my gosh when people get hurt what were they thinking right before what put you into the energetic pattern to equal that kind of pain and suffering because right when you put something into the field it has to especially with that much energy behind it. Cause I was so angry. Um, you know, and every time my ankle pops now, cause it still pops. I think about like that injury of like, and it took me months to have to sit there and process it and lean on other people and let the guy I was dating, pick me up and help me get groceries. Like I, it forced me into my feminine. And I'm like, this is so interesting. There's a lesson in this. Mm-hmm. I haven't, every time I go into that thought pattern, I think of my ankle and I'm like, there's an imbalance here. I'm not asking for help. I'm not like in my grace and love. I'm coming from a place of, you said this earlier, right? Fear versus love. We get into that not good enough. So that's anyway, beautiful. Yeah. It's so fascinating though. Cause every time somebody gets hurt, I'm like, what were you thinking right before? Yeah. And they're like, why? And I'm like, ask yourself that question because yeah. nine times out of 10, if you can pull back up, it was a negative thought. It was fear. And then boom, you push that energy into the field and that's, how the universe communicates is feelings and bam. You, Somatics. You asking the body. Yeah. Direct you. That's powerful. That's probably yeah. the best thing that you can do is question yourself or, yeah. or at, or question someone. Um, or, and then a lot of times what I'll do in those situations is, you know, because I might not know everything I refer yeah. to somebody or refer them to yeah. something, you know, Oh, this podcast really, Yes. help me understand that better and then i That's shoot smart. them some information 
I should I should send him some stuff because again yeah. he's, he's he's right there because I also know because he pushes back so hard on me he's like no and I was like uh-huh I'm onto something and you know it but I'm also mm-hmm. just in my feminine of like I'm not gonna push into this like but think about it um, <laughs> he's also like super in his like I'm going to win this gold medal. I'm going to represent the United States. I'm going like, I am. He's so, so focused on like, Oh, you have the Olympics are coming and I have four months left. Like I'm, I'm representing a country and a whole that it's, you know, he's his, like his like box of anything outside of the the U S gold. It just doesn't exist in his realm right now. Yeah, but I also think that that's that balance that um, people don't always understand. And I was thinking this last night is it's like, there's so much value. There's a reason that God, the universe, whatever, didn't see fit to make us whole ourselves. And even though we are, we still crave a partner, right? So it's like, I'm a whole being, but that craving and that need for somebody else there's so much value in that. And it's, I think we underestimate that a lot because when you look at like people that have done, you know, you know, we idolize billionaires and things like that. Almost all of them had an anchor woman or somebody to go home to because their energy 100%. is scattered. And so with men, especially I see this and I'm like, you're lacking love or something soft to come back to that softens that energy. He's so just, you know, boom, 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 which I totally get. But it's like your body is responding to you not having that softness or that feminine to relax your field to where that love essence comes in and your body needs that. It's not so much sex or anything. It's literally the softness of the feminine. And like we need the grounded of the masculine. We really underestimate how powerful partnerships are in everything that you do because I know Nicole and I, it's like, yeah, we have masculine energy, but so many times I'm like, my gosh, I need a man that just like will ground this so that I can focus because when I get my feminine, just like, ping, 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 so ping, chaotic. ping, and then a guy will come in and I'm like, oh my gosh, okay, but I can like streamline this. But if I didn't have the flow state or the feminine, I wouldn't be a healer. I wouldn't be able to like, you know, streamline consciousness and do those things. That's all my feminine, but I lack that grounded masculine and that's. I'm finding, you know, because we were both raised to be independent women. We don't need men. Blah, blah, blah. Boss, boss era. Girl and boss like, era. I really, like, I look forward to that day where I do have a partner where it's like, wow, this just grounds and allows my flow to actually manifest. And that's, you know, and the opposite is true. I'm seeing it firsthand with, you know, I don't know him very well, but from what I do know, I'm like, he's missing flow state. Yeah. Wow. I'm seeing it and I'm seeing it in real time and I see it in the bodies and I'm seeing it again. It's those patterns you were talking about, Ryan. It's just, um, you know, I, I think as consciousness grows, we're really going to start coming back into conscious partnerships and realizing how, you know, thinking that you need to be free or the, you know, sex culture, porn culture, all of that, like how much it has destroyed the human spirit and, you know, movement in the body and the balance in the body and and all of it. And it's been one of my biggest downfalls is thinking that I don't need a man. Um, We learned our lesson on that one when we had a nine women ayahuasca retreat with no grounded masculine. Oh my God. Never again. (laughs) That was was actually terrifying. Let's put a whole bunch of feminine and drink some ayahuasca and (laughs) there was no men. No, we, we had two male guardians and that was it. 
And I tapped oh. into my masculine and I was like, it was, a, oh, it was an experience. Bad. You want to experience was, dark is... feminine. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is, this is, uh, I love that. uh, a board. Like, I think what we, we both done? were like, we're never drinking medicine again without grounded masculine around. I never will. Ever. I never will. Ever. No, you <laughs> never again. Good. There's a reason like the fifth is tall and all of that stuff. The dark feminine. It's powerful. It's something to behold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I understand why like I'm I'm so glad I'm a woman. I'll just say that I could not be a man and deal with what you when there's grounded masculine and what you guys what women bring at you and you're like, I got you, babe. Like I I just and seeing it in the spiritual plane, because I can see when I drink ayahuasca, I see people's energy, darkness, like all the things, which is crazy. But I was like, holy scary hell i've never seen anything like this around a man like what is going on like so much light but also just i was like this is why they call us chaos like this is this is the dark like we the what whoa and we're flying i don't even know where we are there's a female shaman like <laughs> what is going on I love yeah, it was, yeah men but i have men have such a place in my heart and soul now and um Thank you. It's, it's so, and, and and it is my, I had a spiritual healer tell me once like, oh yeah, you came here to heal your masculine so you could help heal the masculine. And I was like, what does that mean? And now I realize it's because when I drop into my feminine and women learn how to drop into their feminine, it brings back the masculine because women yes. and their masculine have destroyed the masculine. And, um, you know, I've been a part of that and it's, I would say this quite often to Nicole. I'm like, I feel like I owe all of my ex-boyfriends like an amends letter, but they wouldn't understand because it would be like on a spiritual level. And they, what the heck happened to Megan? Not there yet. But yeah, that's one thing. I, that's one thing I respect about my wife so much is she understands that. Yeah, it's so and important. and she steps out of the way and lets yeah. me handle it. And Good. um, the feminine energy you're talking about, she is. Like through, I separated my shoulder in jujitsu mm-hmm. like a year ago and I was in so much pain crying in bed and just touching her hand yep, like a painkiller. It was like he, and I'm like, mm-hmm. thank you so much for just touching me and holding me. And I'm starting to see her, I'm starting to see all this in yep. real time with her and it's bringing our relationship so close because like I'm going through everything I'm going through right now with my uncle. I just come home and I just, I just hug her. And yeah. it's like a safe, a safe place that I can let go and feel that and heal. And then it gives me strength. And then I've got strength for another few hours to, you know, let's get all the kids ready for this dinner and let's get over there and get around the family that, that can be challenging and, and um, then I'm going to speak my piece and I'm going to, I'm going to lead and I'm going to set the example, but it's beautiful. The, that it's a superpower being able to, to cultivate and bring in both energies. It's a yeah. superpower and she is amazing. And you both are amazing. I can feel you and I feel connected and I feel safe with you. So thank you. Well, thank you, Ryan, for showing up today with yeah. all of the things that we're constantly, you know, personal life and work and blah, 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 right? Showing up, spending an hour and a half with us, being vulnerable with us, having, you know, this true 
this true heart to heart um forever great grateful for you so much gratitude that you will never understand um or maybe you do but gratitude from my heart and from you know where i was when i met you to where i am today although you know we have very minimal interactions via instagram i know we've been it's been more and more friendship has been cultivated over the past you know couple months when i started to see that it was Oh, Ryan, like is on our level. Ryan, like gets this. Um, but just thank you for showing up. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I'm honored. I'm honored. And I have something to say and a voice that needs Mm -hmm. to speak and a heart that's wide open and some wisdom, you know, I'm 47 years old, but I, I feel like I've been through the fucking ringer and now it's time to really shine and lead Absolutely. from Absolutely. another level. So yeah. It's... If you were to tell our listeners anything, what seed of wisdom would you leave with them right now? There's hope. Um, You matter. You're here for a reason. You don't have to do it alone. I'm here. You're here. We're all in this together. Be courageous. Be loving to yourself one one all it takes is you know like one book i really i love dr joe dispenza and breaking the habit of being yourself um you know all it takes is one different choice you know instead of getting up and getting your coffee maybe get up and go sit on the grass get some sunlight um we're all in this together and and um, you don't have to suffer alone. Reach out to someone, ask, get quiet, meditate, pray. The universe will send you answers through people, through messages. Um, I know that's not one thing, but yeah, it's, I, I just have lived in places of no hope and, and, um, And I just don't give up. Don't give up. Absolutely. Do you have anything else to add, Mike? No, I just, I'm, you know, I, um, conversations like this are what drive me. So thank Mm -hmm. you. Like this just, it feeds my soul. And, you know, again, it, it reminds me, even though I know these things, I, we always need reminders of like why we're here and what we're doing. And like, it means something and to show up and like, do the work and there's people here that will support you. We might only be one step ahead of you, but we will turn around and give you, you know, anything and everything. Yeah. And it's like, I, I just appreciate, and I will always have, you know, words don't even do it justice, but just my soul has so much gratitude for the souls that have showed up and are 
shining their light and I, you know, again, meeting them feeds my soul and drives me further in this process and for whatever, wherever this road leads and people don't understand. They may not understand, our family doesn't understand. Um, so even if you feel like nobody will understand, like step in, follow your soul, like in conversations like this or what, like remind me of that when I want to give up and you know, go like, oh gosh, this is just, it's a lot, but it's so worth it. So I just, and, um, you don't have to know someone very much to just know that they're soul family. So this has been my favorite podcast. Don't tell any of our other guests. <laughs> I just appreciate you, um, like soul to soul, heart to heart. Like, thank you for your work and thank you for showing up when the world and the universe needed you. Absolutely. Always. Always. And if you guys want more information, Ryan is on social media. I will connect and put his handle down in the show notes, but it is stretch underscore wizard. Um, He's got lots of great stuff out there. Um, His primal movement that he was talking about earlier that once was known as Goda. um, He's very involved in that community. So if that rang a bell, or if you just need someone to talk to, I know Ryan is a open heart. Um, if he's not the open heart, he will steer you in the direction to someone um, that can guide you or give you what you are looking for um, in that moment in time. If you are in Utah, if you are in Lehigh, yes. absolutely um, go check out Ryan. I will also put his information down um, in the show notes as well, along with Brick Canvas, where you can find the yoga that we talked about. Um, Brandy Lynn is up there. There's an amazing yoga community, but there's also Ryan and his amazing body work, shaman magic that he um, he does. But thanks everyone for listening. And thank you again, Ryan, for being here. Always. And as always, you can find us at Synchronicity underscore podcast or Synchronicity underscore sisters until we meet again. Bye.